Welcome back to Beyond the Spectrum. This is Dream, and I am telling you the story of our family's journey with autism. This is episode eight, and it's all about labels. To label or to not label, that is the question. (laughs) So there's nothing scary about a label at all, certainly not in our family. For us, it was a designation. It was some place to start, some category to start gleaning as much information from one location as as possible. But as you go through life, you realize that there's a lot of labels that are given to people and they are used as weapons. They are used by bullies to intimidate and um, to hurt and to keep you penned into this little box that you're not allowed to grow out of. So the decision wasn't just about how we felt about the label, because we live in the world, and we knew that he was going to be in the world outside of our home at some point, and that there may be people that abuse him because of this label. So we wanted to make sure that he was very empowered if he did want to use this label or not. Once you speak something, just as if it's the norm, children tend to go, oh, that's the way it is. So we had pretty much agreed that that's how we were going to view autism and that label. We were just going to tell Micah that he was autistic. And when he had issues and when he had questions and when he had concerns and when he had confusion, we would just tell him, oh, that's because you're autistic. Kind of in the same way, oh, because your brother has blue eyes and you have brown. That's why, you know, kind of taking that light of an approach. And then as he got older, he would have gotten used to that word and it wouldn't have fear associated with it. And then we could later explain day by day, month by month, year by year, all of the nuances that came with that autism. When he would say, why is this? Oh, that's part of your autism. Now it's not just this scary word. Now it's something that we're expanding on and we're helping him understand that those are the things that he deals with because he is autistic. And we used to also say, well, because you're autistic, this is what happens. But let me tell you something. I also struggle with this. So I think I probably have some autistic tendencies that are similar to yours. And I think that also helped him to not feel so alone Um, anything that was similar to somebody else, we would say, that's like daddy, that's like papa. And then he was realizing, oh, okay, I'm like papa in this. I'm like you, mommy, in this. And yes, I may have all of these things together, but I also have similarities with other people. It doesn't make me feel like I'm alienated from everyone else. I'm actually expressing the same types of traits that everyone else is. So that's how we viewed things and that's how we chose to approach it. And we also told him that he was allowed to tell us that something was more difficult because he was autistic. That was a safe thing to say and that was probably a very valid thing and very truthful thing to say. But he could never tell us, I can't do it because I'm autistic. That's not allowed. It wasn't allowed in our family to say, I just can't do it. 
And I don't mean to say that no one in our family ever said I can't, but we never allowed that to really limit someone. In a moment of frustration, you could say, I can't do this. But then, you know, we would talk through it and we'd work through it. And yes, you can. Let's try again. And I think that was a really beneficial way to look at it as well, um, because there's a lot of people that do take that approach. And then there's always this excuse. And you can never tell when they're using the excuse to their advantage, because I'll tell you right now, all children, whether they're on the spectrum or not, know how to manipulate their parents. All children. I know you're never supposed to say never or all or, you know, but I'm telling you right now, all children have ways to manipulate their parents, whether they're on the spectrum or not. And as soon as they find out that you have a soft spot, they're going to work it. And so we took that away from, I mean, my goodness, the boy was cute, so he could work us with his cuteness, but we did not allow him to work us with his autism because we knew that he wasn't always going to be in our home where we would be able to make those concessions for him, knowing that there were struggles. We needed to make sure that the people that he was going to be exposed to in his life, whether it be teachers um, leaders of community projects, managers, you know, any of parents of friends, we needed to make sure that he felt safe to be able to say, oh, that's because I'm autistic. And, and also that we would be able to say that as well. There were times in the beginning where we would weigh that out. And that's something that we also had to come to terms with, right? Like how far do we want to project this? It's not something that needs to be known because because as Micah grew older, his symptoms, I guess you would call it, the, the traits that he would exhibit became less and less. They became more manageable and he started to look more like a typical child. Once again, I keep telling you I'm going to talk about those words normal and typical. That's coming, I believe, tomorrow. Um, and when he started to look more like that, we we didn't want to put the cart before the horse, right? We didn't want to like walk in front of him, you know, with a megaphone saying, our son's autistic, our son's autistic, if it wasn't even necessary. If he was able to cope with so many things now socially and be able to, you know, adjust and be able to blend a little bit easier, then why the need? But there would become times where we would see, oof, we didn't see that one coming. We should have alerted this particular leader because this particular leader is, you know, requiring more of Micah than maybe this parent at a, you know, a play group. So you have to, you have to make those calls. You have to look and see when does it make sense to alert families, friends, you know, leaders, future employers, all of that. And when does it make sense to just say, I think he can handle it on his own without the label, without the label coming into play at all? These are things that are very specific to each individual and to each individual family. Um, I'm hoping that our story and the situations that I've given you here today can help to enlighten you to see where it makes sense, where it doesn't. Um, one final thing and I think I'm probably going to attach a video link on this particular post um, because it's so impressive. <laughs> uh, 
This was early on and he was in a church group and we had wanted to keep him with his sister and there was a certain age limitation on the particular class that they were in. So when he finished his two years, Sydney was allowed to come in and we wanted to keep him there. So he repeated one of the years. So he had finished the curriculum that all the other children had, had done and now he needed something else to do. The one teacher that was in there with him had no idea that he was autistic. And I was at this stage, I was still kind of tentative, you know, do we tell, do we not? How do we feel this out? And I think I probably erred on the side of protecting him more by, by telling people, you know, I pushed him at home. I pushed him pretty significantly at home. Um, his therapist also knew what he was capable of and knew had that relationship and, and that trust to push a little further. But when it came time to actually hand him over to somebody that I wasn't sure if they could sense those limitations, where they were at, where the boundaries were, where to push past, where to pull back, then, you know, Mama Bear came out and, and I was very, very protective. But this particular teacher was in incredible miss mary and she kept telling me oh he's fine he's fine and i said okay but 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 nope nope you know i just tell him to do these things and he just steps up and i started to trust her more and more and more so finally it was the end of the year and he had not memorized one verse a week he had memorized an entire chapter in the book of Jonah, Jonah chapter one. And it was incredible. It was incredible to hear him. And because he was a mimic, I would I would teach it to him by using a voice recorder and I, I recorded my voice. And so he picked up on all the nuances. And so I was a, kind of a storyteller at the time. And so I loved kids and I would say these things in certain ways. And sure enough, because he's a mimic, he picked up on all those inflections and the tone in my voice. And when he would say it back to us, he would say it as if he was a storyteller. <laughs> it was really, really precious. But I knew he panicked. He absolutely panicked when you put him on the spot. But Miss Mary, she knew what he was capable of. And, you know, I thought I was protecting him. And I was. But there are times when we can protect a little bit too much. And it's so wonderful when we have those people around us that we can trust, that love us, that love our children, and that say, Mom, it's going to be okay. I think he can do this. And at the last second, they were all getting their awards, and she called him up there. And before he had any chance to get scared, he just started doing it. When he completed it, it was, it was just triumphant. It was victory. And it was a moment that I will never forget because it was this child is not going to be hampered by any label. He is extraordinary. And because of the people that God has brought around our family and around him, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a battle. But he is going to show amazing things that can be accomplished. And he is not going to be limited by autism. He's just not. We're not going to let him do that to himself. 
And I don't think he's going to let it do it to himself. I think he's got a little fighter spirit in him. And I think he wants to shine beyond the perceived limitations. So for today's podcast, I hope it is very clear that I am not saying that you need to do one thing or the other. Talk about it with your family and you need to protect and project. You need to protect them by kind of withholding that information from people that could use it for harm. But then you need to project that protection out there to kind of be that little bubble that goes ahead of them and before them so that you're not putting them in situations where they're not prepared and other people aren't prepared. You want to give the best tools for everyone in those situations so that everyone can respond in the best way possible with as much wisdom and compassion and love and caring that there is available. So don't be afraid of the label. Don't be afraid of a label. Just know when you should use it with the most wisdom. That's all for today. See you tomorrow.